Iowa Theme Park Podcast number three under new management. It's time for the Iowa Theme Park Podcast with your hosts, Nick McMahon and Jack Salisbury. In this episode, we will discuss Palace Entertainment's purchase of Adventureland Park. Thank you for tuning in to the Iowa Theme Park Podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 21st, and we've just received news about the Palace Entertainment purchasing Adventureland Park. I'm Nick McMahon. And I'm Jack Salisbury. And this is our friend Eden Mullen. Howdy. We are here to just discuss kind of our first thoughts, immediate impressions of Palace, and uh, where we think the future is going with Adventureland. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I received the news today, it was um, quite a bit of a shocker, really. Um, You know, the Krantz family has owned Adventureland Park for almost 50 years now. Uh, They're coming up on their 50th anniversary, and to, to learn that they have sold the park, it was very surprising. I'm surprised, but... I'm hoping for the best and that good things come out of this. I was in school uh, and all of a sudden I got like 800 text messages from Nick and from my sister and my brother and my dad and everybody. And I still don't really believe it because it's just the Kranz family has owned it for so long. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that good comes out of this. Uh, I, I believe Palace, they're, they're known to take parks and turn them into something special and As we know, Adventureland already is special, but I really hope that they choose to continue on with this and and grow it, make some good investments in the park, continue what the Krantz family has been doing the last five to six years, really doubling down their investments in the park and beautifying it, continuing that renaissance that that park is currently going through. I'd love to see some additional coasters. I know we're getting eight nine new rides next year that's kind of a nine new rides were announced but eight is being currently advertised so well i mean so if you look at other parks that palace has bought uh when they bought late compounds i don't i don't know how many years ago it was four years after they bought the park they installed boulder dash and then a year after they bought kennywood they installed skyrocket so they have a history of investing big amounts of money into good rides immediately after investing in a park. This is probably a little bit different because Palace as a whole is under new management. This is the first park that the new management has bought. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. Yeah. You know, I, one thing I got to say is I'm kind of hoping that they really continue to invest in employees as well. I know that Several times I've talked with employees and they always tell me how well the Krantz family has taken care of them doing day off events, outings, things like that, engagement things. And, you know, it it shows when you go to the park and the employees, they're fun to be around and they always keeping that fun atmosphere that the park is known for. I hope in addition to continuing to take care of the employees that we see some investments that we've wanted for a long time. I know that I'd still love to see the tornado RMC. I don't see any better way to preserve a 50 year old signature coaster than upgrading it, bringing it back up and giving it another 50 years of life. You know, I know it's not quite there in that age, but it's getting close. 
And it would definitely be a fantastic way to revitalize. And I think Palace Entertainment is just, just the people to make that kind of investment. Well, we could do a whole other episode on RMC Tornado. We've got so much on that. But Palace has worked. I think it's interesting to look back and see what companies Palace has worked with uh, in the last few years. SNS is also a real possibility since they've worked, I mean, Steel Curtain, but then Adventureland has also worked with SNS. I don't really know how much that plays into it. Yeah, you know, I can't say on that because Adventureland's worked with quite a variety of manufacturers in the past. You, you just don't know what what the future holds. You know, you can look at trends, but they can surprise us with something new that no other park has. You know, it'd be really cool to see an Axis. We talked about that around when Dragon Slayer was being put in before we really knew what we were getting. You know, it'd be interesting to see, too, if what they decide to do with some of the aging rides in the park. Things like parachutes, um, some of the older kids' rides like uh, the Red Barons. You know, I'd be really interested to see you know, if they're going to take those out or continue to maintain them the way they were. What I find interesting is that they have eight, nine new rides, all, all family rides coming in next year, which means Palace now has an open slate of any major new attraction that they don't need to focus on family rides for another few more years. It's a lot more interesting when they have a palette of major attractions that they can add rather than they just need to fix this park first. If Adventureland's already good as it is, Palace can come in and really revitalize what's already good into something better. Well, and the biggest knock on Palace that I've seen is that they just like completely suck the soul out of parks and remove the family atmosphere. I haven't been to Lake Compounds or Kennywood uh, to see that, but I've heard from people that in the last three years since they've been under their new management, that has not been the case at all. The biggest like thing that I see people point to, uh, to use as an example of that, is Kennywood removing Bayern Curve and parachutes and some of their other rides that are older stuff that make the park a classic park. But now they're going back on that. They see that they saw that fans weren't excited about that and didn't like that decision. So they're going back and re-adding Kangaroo, and they're. I just saw they're investing a ton of money this year into making the park feel like a classic park and really going through and renovating stuff to make it seem modern, but also be that like classic boardwalk feel that it's always had. Yeah. You know, the other thing is I hope to see that they help maintain the fan base. I've said it before. I know that we've discussed this before, Jack, but of all the parks I think I've ever been to Adventureland seems to have one of the most loyal fan bases in the industry. You know, I'm not to say there's better fan bases out there or bigger fan bases, so to speak, but as somebody who's been kind of running and helping grow our fan page on Facebook, I feel very strongly that interacting with the other fans and things like that, that they're incredibly loyal to the park. And I hope that palace embraces that and allows that to continue because that's what makes that's one of the things that makes the park so special to me what I, what, I, what i really like about Adventureland, like you said nick the fan base it it's really a general public family park you go there for the experiences yes there's rides but there's shows there's people there that you go there for everybody 
it's not just about the rides. And that's something I was really concerned about when they were taken over by a worldwide corporate uh, corporation is that they could take that away from Adventureland. I've never seen a park in the world that has that kind of aesthetic that Adventureland has. And from what Jack said, Palace does have a reputation of listening to their fan base. So I think that could very much stay, but I do still have a concern that that could be one of the things we see leaving in exchange for a bigger budget on say rides and attractions. Is, would it be worth it? Like is Adventureland losing all its charm and everything? Is that worth it to get bigger new coasters, to get a hyper coaster, to get RMC Tornado? Because I don't think it is. I would rather have Adventureland feel local and feel like a fun family park and have like low prices, have good food, never than have the big rides. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And I, I think some of that, a lot of that ties in again, like we've talked about the, the employee base being diverse, you know, they pull from, as you may remember listening to episode one of the podcast, Mike kind of told us they pull from, uh, foreign exchange students, locals, work campers, keep that diverse uh, work culture because it allows all different ages to work and a very diverse group of people to work for the part, as well as it just it just keeps the mood happy and helps set the mood, you know, and I, I really hope that they keep that because I would totally agree. I don't think that I would rather have Tornado the way it is another 50 years as much as I don't want to say this then lose the charm you know and the things like how many parks do concerts every friday um right off the top of my head i can't think of any but there there may be a few that i'm not thinking of that that might do something like that that's really cool we really had a lot of fun with that last year oktoberfest it's it's a fantastic event i hope that they continue oktoberfest it brings in some good talent it's it's enjoyable for adults like myself to kind of get away and do their own uh, thing at the park. Uh, I, I hope they continue things like that. Well, and Palace has experience running events in the off season or not in the off season, but like outside of just the regular operating season, I would expect there to be a uh, like Christmas event in the next few years. I would also, I wouldn't be surprised to see a haunt type deal in October just because all of their other parks have those and are really like well-known, especially at Kennywood and Lake Compounds. They have really well-known Christmas events and really well-known Halloween or Scarefest, whatever. I think that that'll be a big thing at Adventureland. You know, I think that's a great idea, but my concern with that is, is Adventureland being where they are, they're in a smaller market than places like Kennywood or even World of Fun, who I believe discontinued their holiday event due to the effects of COVID. But my question is, can they get enough staffing for that? Because I would say half of their workforce or more is work campers. You know, I don't think they're going to be able to convince a work camper to stay in Iowa in December. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested, really interested to find out how that's going to play out. I, I'm all for it. I would love to see additional events to extend the year at the park but can they do it that's the question honestly i do think it is possible especially as a former employee uh, although it is true that most um uh, employees of adventureland are work campers 
there was a large percentage of locals. A lot of them are teenage levels, first jobs. Um, and having a job in December, in October, over weekends for events like that is great experience for teenagers to really learn about their jobs and the workforce entirety. But I do think that there is enough uh, people in the area that would be willing to work for events such as that. Um, as long as the events aren't park wide, uh, aren't having all the rides open, all the shops open, you could very much have events like that happen. Yeah. And, you know, kind of tying into that subject, I think one thing I would love to see from this is extended operating hours in the summer. Um, yes. It's been a very, very talked about subject on our fan page. The fan base wants the extended operating hours. You know, who wants to go, you know, I guess one of the biggest complaints is I get a season pass and I get off work at five o'clock and the park closes at six. I remember growing up in the nineties, going to the park where the park was consistently open till nine or 10 o'clock. You know, what happened to that? Why, why can't that be? I understand that staffing has really been a challenge the last two years with COVID, but eventually we're going to get better and it's getting better than what it was. So I would love to see the operating hours expanded so that we could enjoy those rides at night because the park, the elements of the park just completely change at night. The park is just so beautiful at night but when you have those long summer nights it doesn't start getting dark till nine or ten o'clock i'd love to see the park open till 10 o'clock on weekdays especially after the revitalization of a bunch of lighting systems for their rides and how often do you see storm chaser monster and tornado lit up at night while they're operating exactly those short hours have really taken away from that aspect and it's it's a wonderful thing there's people i've heard come from far out of uh, the state just to see these rides and they're having to leave at six o'clock and not able to see the lighting package that they've heard so much about. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. And, you know, I think too, that this is going to be kind of a sore subject, but you know, the, the sky ride, I really hope they keep that sky ride. Adventureland has invested in a new control system for the sky ride in the last couple of years. Parks like World of Fun took their version of that out, and it's just such a nice ride to get on and get some breeze on a hot summer day, you know, get to the park from one side to the other without having to walk after you've been walking on the park all, all day. I, I really hope that that's a ride they continue to keep at the park and they don't take it out. How rare is it do you see a ride like that go through a roller coaster the way Skyride goes through Monster? I have it's, never seen anything like that before. It's truly unique. And, you know, I know that when they built Monster, they worked with, I think they looked at a couple different manufacturers and Gerslauer was that manufacturer that was willing to work with that aspect of the park. And I just, I can't say it's the best ride in the park, but it's a close second to Monster. You know, it, it's, it, it, it's enjoyable. It's there's just something special about it. And not a lot of perks have them. And so I and really functional. hope they continue to keep it. It's not just an experience. You, you literally go from one end of the park to the other without having to walk. And you get some incredible views while doing so. Yeah. Maybe we can I talk think... them into putting another train station in by the water park. Outlaw Gulch, please. <laughs> everyone, everyone I've ever heard has been in complete agreement that that train needs to go to Outlaw Gulch. There's, there's no train I've seen that hasn't gone from one station to another station except for Adventurelands. I think that just to kind of summarize it all, Adventureland has a lot to gain from this. 
they do have a lot to lose, but there is still just so much possibility for growth and investment. And I don't really think that Palace will let it run down or will kind of let it become the Michigan's adventure of the chain. Yeah, I, I think they'd be foolish to let that happen. I, I truly believe they're gonna they're gonna do things right with the park. They've got a loyal fan base that wants to continue visiting the park and patronizing the park. There's a possibility of a water park expansion. They have a lot of experience running water parks. There's a good spot for hotel renovations. The hotel has gone through some renovations, but I don't believe it's been completely finished yet. There, there's a lot that they can do. I do hope they keep the work camper program in place. You know, it's it's a very unique operation. There's not a lot of parks in the country that have a water park, a theme park, a hotel with a restaurant, and a RV park all attached in, in one one unit, you know. I hope that they continue that and let that continue to operate. There was uh, some look on, if you look on the Altoona building permits and city council agenda, it's, you know, all public information. There was some information about the possibility of apartments or dormitories being built. You know, you wonder if that's something that's, that's going to be continued or, or brought on that you could definitely get some more work camp style or, you know, temporary style workers if they're being housed, you could definitely expand your workforce that way too. Any other thoughts? Well, kind of, you mentioned it, but Palace has a long history of operating uh, water parks. I think they've operated water parks longer than they've operated theme parks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a large addition to Adventure Bay in the next few years. It just, it makes sense. Over the last 20, 30 years, there's been a pattern of if a major park is expanding, they expand their water park first because people go to the water park. Like that's the biggest moneymaker is the water park. Families go to the water park. Old people go to the water park. Everybody goes to the water park. Uh, But not everybody enjoys the dry park to that extent. So if a park is expanding, they will expand the water park first and then use those funds to expand the dry park. So I think that if we see a water park expansion in the next five to eight years, uh, which I do think we will, uh, that really indicates something big is coming in the next 15 years. Yeah. Not to mention, it's a great combat to Lost Island, um, having a huge water park expansion to combat the water park opening and amusement park expansion. Well, and you know, on that subject, we don't really know what, Lost Island hasn't really released what their plan is for visiting their parks. But one of the things that's unique to Adventureland is one park, one price. You you know, you get those people from time to time that say, well, I would rather pay for admission to the water park only. But the majority of people like myself like that you can get into one park for one price. And, you know, we don't know what Adventure or um, Lost Island is going to do about that. We don't know if they're going to have separate admissions or two-day passes you know that information has yet to be released but palace does have an edge if they continue to operate it that way as one park one admission or one admission gets you into both parks Uh, and i think they could definitely expand on that and and benefit from that 
one thing that Lost Island has um, impeccable theming to the point that they stole the trade show floor of International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions just a little while ago with their uh, unveiling of their new dark ride with Sally Dark Rides. I think if Palace is taking over Adventureland, they might look into more theming aspects of the park rather than the amusement park kind of general aesthetic of build the ride, there's no theming. I think we could definitely see a more influx of theming. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree. And I would think that, you know, maybe this could be an opportunity for Palace to, I don't know if historically they've had a history of ever working with Sally rides, but, you know, Sally's like the industry expert in dark rides, you know, could, could they uh, possibly do a retheme or refurbishment of underground? Yes. Um, underground's a great ride if you want to get out of the sun for a little bit and cool off, but the lines are usually long and it's usually not a whole lot of excitement with minimal theming happening there. I think they definitely have a chance to make a change there. They could work with, you know, a company like Sally to improve that. If I had my ultimate say, so I'd, I'd love to see the underground replaced with something else. You could definitely fit a nice coaster in that spot, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I think we got to save our predictions or our wishes for the park for another episode. Cause I, I think that we could talk a lot about that. That's a whole episode within itself. There is a lot of concerns with Palace Entertainment taking over Adventureland, but there's a lot of good things that can come from it. It's more of just what direction Palace wants to take Adventureland. They're going to listen to the fans. They're going to keep doing the renaissance that Adventureland has built for itself. I mean, as a family park, getting the first Gerslau Infinity on this side of the planet is very impressive. I think Palace is going to keep building on that. But we will have to see, like you said, Nick, it's a lot of variables and a lot of things we don't know yet. It could be very bad or it could be very good. Yeah, you know, the whole thing, this really is bittersweet. You know, it's it's sad to see that this park that's been built by the Krantz family from the ground up be sold. But, you know, sometimes there comes a point, I'm, I'm sure that the Krantz family would like to, it's all they know, you know, I'm sure they would like to retire and enjoy their lives and you know, I think it's time to, it's like sending your child off to college. I, I, I think it's time to, uh, to move on and, and let somebody, somebody else take over. Now that we have all summarized the same thing uh, in our own ways, safely say that I think that Benchland is in good hands, uh, but only the only time will tell. I agree. All right. Well, thank you for joining our uh, podcast episode about Adventureland being purchased by Palace Entertainment. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Iowa Theme Park Enthusiasts. We appreciate your time listening to our podcast today. We are also now on Twitter, and you can find our our podcast on Spotify as well. Thank you for tuning in to the Iowa Theme Park Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and YouTube for updates on future episodes about Iowa Theme Parks. Comment and let us know what you would like to hear on future episodes. 